Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Uh, We got a great episode today and I'll tell you why. Every time I get Steve Wiseman on the phone, I get real excited because he is real excited about whatever it is he's doing in the outdoors. And recently, I think it was last weekend, they had the annual, I think this is the 37th year they've had it, the the 37th annual walleye weekend up in Spirit Lake and Okaboji, or otherwise known as the Iowa Great Lakes. And uh, we talk about that weekend. We talk about the participation of this event, um, people going out and trying to catch these walleye. Uh, we talk about the other species that you can catch on the Iowa Great Lakes. And I think they, they have tournaments for panfish, bass, you know, northerns. Uh, and some of the other species uh, throughout the, those waters as well. And it's just a really good event. We talk in detail about that event. We also talk in detail about the um, some recent gill netting surveys that they have done for walleye uh, throughout the state of Iowa, right? So they catch these walleye, they get the eggs from them, they uh, get the the uh, semen from the male fish, they mix them up, they create more walleye, and then they raise them for a little bit until they turn to fry or uh, fingerlings, and then they release those into the waters of Iowa, and uh, now we have more walleyes to, to try and catch. So really good information on this podcast, not only about the walleye weekend and the results of the walleye weekend, but uh, some information about conservation efforts that are happening uh for walleye fishing so really really good information we also talk a little bit about uh some water uh issues as well throughout the state as far as maybe some farming practices and how the you know the cleanliness of water and nitrates and phosphates uh used in farming practices may be hurting some of the water uh supply a little bit now i'm no expert in that uh, so this that's just a little bit of a bs session that we go through but uh like i said r- lots of great information on uh, today's podcast but before we get into today's podcast we have to talk a little bit about one of our partners of this podcast and that is bondurant custom furniture Bondurant Custom Furniture, what they do is they take these old whiskey barrels and they turn them into furniture. And it's really cool. Uh, if you just go to their website, BondurantCustomFurniture.com, you can take a look at all the images uh, and uh, products that these guys make. I'm talking bar stools, benches, chairs, tables, I think full bars, picnic tables, whatever. Um, and if you have an idea, you can reach out to them 
and you know say hey i have this idea can you make that for me uh and i'm sure they'll entertain whatever uh, idea you have and uh try to meet in the middle and and build a customized piece of furniture for you really cool uh so bondurantcustomfurniture.com i highly recommend you guys to go check it out and uh get you know take a look at their pictures because if you're looking for a nice centerpiece in your home that these guys are going to be able to make it for you and it just looks really cool right so uh bondurantcustomfurniture.com take a look at it and uh give them a call now let's get into today's i don't even know what today what we're going to call today's podcast it's just a really good conversation with uh, our good friend steve wiseman uh, we are joined once again by Steve Wiseman. How you doing, man? Hi, great. It, it's a great uh, Friday morning there. We're in Sioux City. We had a uh, Beach Boys concert we had to go to last night. But the sun is out. The wind is down. And I know yesterday in the state of Iowa, they canceled all the high school track district meets because of the wind and the crummy weather yeah today they are going to have the most awesome day to ever run a qualifying meet it's it's a great day but the trouble is we don't get many of those we'll get one and then here's 40 percent chance there ain't 50 percent chance there ain't north wind northeast wind it's just been crazy yeah i finally i finally got out uh mushroom hunting yesterday uh, for the first time where I was actually able to find some morels and some pheasant backs. And uh, finally I found some and it wasn't raining or it wasn't such a sloppy mess, even though it it was muddy. Um, I was able to get outside in, in the wind and the rain. But today, uh, like you said, it's an absolutely gorgeous day in Iowa. And it's got me thinking a lot about fishing. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Have you been out um, on the boat or fishing from shore recently with any success? Yes, uh, I actually have done both. And, and, uh, up here in, in, uh, Northwest Iowa, around the Iowa Great Lakes, there are a lot of pan fish. And so we've been fishing shallow areas around docks and, and stuff like that from shore, <clears throat> catching nice eight to eight and a half inch bluegills. Uh, there've been some 10, 11, 12 inch crappies in the mix and a few yellow bass. So that has been good. And uh, we did have the opener, the annual walleye weekend. That was the 37th annual one last weekend. There were over 2,100 anglers that participated in that contest. Wow. And they, they were from 17 different states. So it's kind of old home week in a way, you know, people come to experience yeah and the fishing isn't always the best uh we have several of us get together that talk together for a lot of years and we all meet at a guy's cabin and and we stay the weekend and through monday and but our fishing is never quite as good as what it'll be when the weather straightens out and we yeah. get into that early summer mode you know but still yeah, there's been a lot of things going on, and and uh, the the opener was was interesting. Three area guides, um, I talked to them, and uh, two of them fished nighttime, 
and one of them fished daytime. And the night fishing was better than the day fishing. Um, of course, the walleyes come more into the shallows in the evening. And water clarity on West Okoboji is, is clear, so that's why the night bite is always a little bit better. And I heard um, fish, just these just word of mouth, of up to 30 inches. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's big. But uh, John Grovesner of JTG Expeditions had clients both Saturday and Sunday evening. And they were pulling crankbaits in that probably eight to ten foot of water right outside the docks. Yeah. Not big numbers of fish. But the walleyes range from just under twenty two inches to several fish over the slot, and that's seventeen to twenty two is the slot. And twenty seven inches was their big biggest. Gotcha. Which is a heck of a nice fish. Yeah. But they had a lot he said they had a lot of short strikes. They were pulling cranks and they'd have these fish on for three or four seconds and they'd come off happened to them multiple times. Yeah. And uh, there it didn't matter if they slowed down, if they sped up, I think those fish were reacting, but they weren't super aggressive. I think the water temperature was not quite right. And so that's why there were all those short strikes. Yeah. Now Shane Aiken of Great Lakes Guide Service, he also pulled cranks on Friday and Saturday night. So he was out there at midnight fishing, which that that's past my bedtime. But <laughs> anyway, that they caught fish up to 28 inches, and they had several slot fish each night, and uh, five in the two nights, five were over the 22 inch slot, and they had eight keepers that were 17 inches under 17 inches that they could keep. Um, Doug Burns of the Iowa Guide Service, Fish Big Spirit. With, now, this is different with slip bobbers and leeches during the day. On, sa- on Saturday, it was tough for walleyes. And it was crazy. Saturday was flat calm. Yeah. I mean, flat calm. And I thought it'd be really a pretty good bite because the water clarity is much less because of all the water coming in from uh, Minnesota from the grade. I thought it'd be much better, um, but it it was not good. Um, and he caught smallmouths, but very little walleye activity. Then on and there were, I would guess, three hundred boats on the lake on Saturday, and then Sunday there were only thirty or so boats on. Yeah. And he did much better uh, with with some keepers and slot fish. But the smallmouth bite was not as good as uh, the, the bite they've been on Saturday. So gotcha. for, for us, um, th- there were three boats of us. And uh, we got out in the morning, and we were fishing a rocky area off of, of Big Stony with a, uh, a bottom bouncer and just a plain hook and a bead. <clears throat> and we had shiners for bait, spot-tailed shiners. And uh, we were able to sane some along the shore on Friday afternoon, which they had not shown up, and all of a sudden they were there. And in the first 10 minutes, I had two bites. I had caught a 17-and-a-half and a 20-inch walleye, and I'm thinking, we're in good shape. This is going to be fun. We never had another bite until 2 in the afternoon. Oh, that makes it tough. Yeah. And it was flat, calm, and it was 70 degrees. And since it's been a cool, windy spring, we were hot. Yeah. in the boat and used about four 
tubes of sunscreen. Yeah. But anyway, then, then that night, uh, we fished off the docks on Big Spirit. And uh, our group ended up keeping 10 walleyes and threw back probably six or seven 17 to 22 inch slot fish. Uh, my son was down further on the east side. Three guys, they had eight that they kept, and these fish were running 13 and a half to 16 and a half, so they were just nice eater sized fish. And uh, best bite was slip bobber and a leech or pulling a hair jig. It's called a rockaroo, and, and it's the blue tail. It's blue and white hair jig, and you just kind of don't even put bait on it. You just cast it out and jig it back, just ticking the bottom. And uh, we caught probably half our fish on that, too. So nice. the evening bite has been better, you know. But uh, I can give you a little rundown of the heaviest fish and stuff if you would like that. Well, before, um, we, before we get into that, I want to know more about the history of this tournament. Because it sounds like it's a big spectacle, almost. Um, uh, lots of people come to it. Uh, do you know when this tournament started? This well, walleye, this walleye weekend? Yep, 37th annual. So we're talking about, what, 1982, probably, somewhere in there. Yeah. And at one time, it was, it was called the Easter Seals, and all the money went to Easter Seals. Um, since this was the 37th year, they, they tagged several walleyes. Um, and they're, they're keeper ones, so, so they're 14, 15, 16 inches. And they put a tag on them, and they put them in the, 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 the main lakes. And if you catch, the prize is $37,000, which is the 37th year, so it's $37,000. Nobody caught it this year. I think two years ago, if I'm right, or last year, I can't remember for sure, uh, a person caught one off a of Templar Park uh, on big spirit and didn't even know what he had until some, one of his cronies said, well, look at, Hey, look at this tag. I think you've got a tag walleye. And then they have the extended, uh, contest since nobody caught it. It's, it's a less prize, but the prize money goes out throughout, I think the end of August or something like that. That's crazy. So they actually yeah. take a, a little tag. They, t they catch a fish they tag it, and then they, and then whoever catches it wins the the grand prize. How many fish do they tag? Or just one? I, 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 no, I think they tag ten. Wow! I, and I'm not exactly sure, but I think there are ten. And uh, we've had it over the years. They do do a a, a lie detector test uh, because here several years ago somebody caught one, <clears throat> and. Uh, they weren't in the contest, but they gave it to somebody and, uh, they were going to split the prize money. And that got, if, if everything gets found out, people can't keep their mouth shut. And when it's bad stuff, it usually surfaces sooner or later. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but anyway, yeah. And so then the money is then it used to be Easter seals and now it goes, uh, to the protective associations. We have several protective associations, that are for water quality. We have Spirit Lake Protective, East Okaboji Protective, the Okaboji Protective Association on West Okaboji, and this, um, Silver Lake. Uh, all of them are part of the protective associations, 
the money is then split up and, and donated to them to help them with clean water activity. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, really is awesome. Yeah. So do they release these fish into just one of the lakes, or do no, they disperse no, them they're, throughout they're, the area? Yeah, they're, they're dispersed. They're in East, they're in West, they're in Spirit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. So is it pretty busy uh, on an average year uh, when that contest is going on as far as boat traffic and people, you know, fishing from shore and whatnot? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It, it is just crazy. And when Saturday was and Friday night was beautiful, we had rain until about 830 and it cleared up and it was a beautiful night. Uh, and Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, there they were there were anglers all over the place. And that's what you like to see. You know, we're concerned about how are we doing in the outdoors? Are we going to have hunters and fishers over the next hundred years, you know, and, and we see dips in numbers. A lot of people come to this and, and they've turned it into kind of an extravaganza because there are different things that happen on Friday night. If you want to be a part of it, there are different things that happen on Saturday, Sunday, they have a big, uh, banquet type thing, an award ceremony at the Dickinson County uh, Expo building, and people come and they have lunch and they give out all these prizes and stuff like that. Uh, Pure Fishing donates a lot of money towards these prizes for these uh, stringers of fish. And one thing that is kind of sad, and they tried it last year, you know, when you've got to drain your live well now, and we have to, because of uh, the invasive species, the zebra mussels and stuff like that, you can't catch these big walleyes and take them and have them weighed and then get them back in the lake. Used to be able to do that with those nice oxygenated uh, live wells, but you can't anymore. Last year, they tried having the big fish contest and it was done on an app and you took a picture of the fish that you caught and um, you had to pay for the app. You had to pay to get into the contest in a certain way you were supposed to measure the fish and you could click it and then release it. And so everything was based on length. So it wasn't exact science on the weight, but you had the length. So you're pretty close to who had the big fish and stuff, but People didn't follow directions like they were supposed to. And so some of them, they got disqualified because they pinched the tail or they didn't swipe uh, whatever. And that caused issues. So they just did away with it this year. And so that's kind of a missing segment. You know, I heard fish up to 30 inches coming off that lake at night that might have been in that contest, but they weren't able to have it. So what you have is, the heaviest stringer of walleyes is fish 17 inches and smaller. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that's a little bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, can't really, can't really do anything about that. No, no. So and the nice thing about this is you have a lot of people fishing from shore. Right. A lot. Because you've got uh, northern pike contest, you've got panfish, you've got bullheads. You know, so, I mean, you can, and people fish from shore uh, for the walleyes and catch walleyes. I know 
before the opener started, you know, on the north end of Big Spirit, there is the grade, and water is really rushing out of Minnesota in, in there. And so it's quite a current. And, of course, that attracts fish. And uh, I saw a picture on Facebook of, of two guys that about maybe 9, 9.30 on Friday night, they had a 25 and a 26-incher that they caught from the road, just casting. Wow. So, That's uh, awesome. so you, yeah, you can go a lot of places and fish from shore now and, and catch good fish. Yeah, I believe it. So you mentioned that they have other tournaments going on as well for walleye, or do they have kind of a, I know up in Harper's Ferry, um, where I, where my, uh, father-in-law has a cabin once a year, they have an, uh, in any species fish, uh, tournament and then whatever you catch you can bring back and then the winner of you know whoever catches the biggest fish in that particular category let's say like panfish bass walleye pike whatever even yeah. even like carp right they have a, they have little awards that go out to all that so do, do they do the same thing out there um with the walleye they have those 10 tag walleyes and then that extends like i said through the summer season as far as the other fish, it's just that weekend. Now, the, the bullhead, the panfish, the northern pike, they are, not, um, they are not tagged or anything. You just bring in those fish, and, and you weigh them. And it's just that weekend. At noon, it's over on Sunday, and it starts at midnight Friday night. Gotcha. And so that's that, that, that one little slot that's when you can catch those fish for the for this tournament um but like i said the walleye you can over the summer if you happen to catch them you can uh, bring them in and, and you'll get a reduced amount for you know maybe it's a couple thousand or something like that okay okay well that's cool i mean it allows i don't know it, it allows ev everybody to participate it sounds like whether you're a walleye fisherman or whether you're a bass fisherman or or, you know, if you're just with your kids throwing a bobber out with a worm on it. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Yep. yep. Awesome. So how was the, because you have some stats for us right now about like the biggest fish and the biggest stringer, a pike and, and other species, right? Yeah. From this yes. tournament. Yeah. So why don't you just yes. share that info with us? Okay. The biggest northern pike, uh, Dylan Godner from Bondurant. Uh, 11 pounds, seven, two ounces. That's a big Northern. Yeah. Is that, that guy's going to run. <laughs> is that big for this area for that, those lakes? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, Northern pike are not targeted a lot here. There are some anglers that do. And of course there are the musky fishermen, yeah. but they're not targeted that much. Um, you know, the little guys are called hammer handles. You probably remember that terminology. And people catch them while they're walleye fishing, and they go, oh, gosh, I don't want that slime in my boat, and they throw it back and stuff like that. But if you really wanted to target them, you could catch a lot of northern pike in that three- to five-pound range. And then if you really work the weeds when you get into the summer and, and as you move into the fall, you could catch, well, that 11-pound, that, that's, that's a big northern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, second place was 8.36 pounds and third place, 8.28 pounds. Yeah. Those are nice size fish. I'll really be honest. Nice I'll be honest with you. 
other than fishing for smallmouth, because I, I think smallmouth are one of my favorite fish to catch, I am a fan of just the sporting side of catching a a, a northern. I, I just yeah. love catching them. Uh, you know, obviously cleaning them and eating them is a little bit strenuous and difficult if you don't know how to do it right. But, but just the catch i i love the way they're aggressive and they're just the way they look is different than every every yeah. other fish yeah they uh, i tell you what they're freight trains yeah when you when you catch one they'll zing out more line and you'll it's crazy and every once in a while <clears throat> you'll get some that'll break water yeah. and that's that's always awesome and and uh they they look mean yeah. <laughs> they just do you look at those eyes and you look at that big snout and those teeth yeah they they're, they're definitely a predator yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so a handful of some really good northerns were caught yes yes and and uh big spirit especially is known for its big yellow bellies big bullheads yep and lots of times they're caught on the grade and it's kind of a happening people will come from a long ways away to sit on that roadside sit in their lawn chair throw on a big gob of night crawler and catch these big yellow bellies now the first place was a guy from sioux city berkeley carpenter 13.03 pounds for a bullhead Yes, that we're talking averaging 1.3 pounds per fish. <laughs> That's gigantic because I can remember yeah. that is my very first ever, my very first ever fish I caught was a carp. But then after yeah. that, um, we had some ponds that we would go to, just some regular farm ponds, and they weren't even stocked. They weren't taken care of, you know, just basically holes with water in it. And yeah. me and my brother would sit there. And fish for bullheads with night crawlers, and you know, that's that's yep. what we caught because that's the only fish we yep. knew how to catch back then. Yep, yep, yep. And I think a lot of people started that way. There's, they're just. I can remember doing that at the at the creek when I grew up, and my dad would would fish, and we would use the the garden worms, and we didn't even use night crawlers, and we'd catch these little bullheads and. We'd use a bobber, you know, and if if they weren't biting, I'd I was five six years old, and I'd look around, and if nobody was looking, I'd jerk my pole a little bit, and my bobber would move, and I go, oh, I got one, and I crank <laughs> like crazy, and oh, I got one. You <laughs> got away. That gave me an excuse to cast again, you know. Yeah. And then every once in a while, my dad would catch a carp, and to me, as a little five or six year old. To see and carp run, they fight good. You know, you get a five or six pound carp, they really fight. Yeah. And I would just pray that just one carp would hit my bobber. Yeah. Please. Because I wanted to do what my dad did. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so anyway, so, so anyway, those, uh, those bullheads, 13.03 pounds, 12.03 pounds, 11.84 pounds. That's big yellow bellies. Yeah, absolutely it is. And uh, my, my my grandson works at Cable's uh, Trading Post, and uh, he's 
learned to be he's 19 now, and he's learned to be a pretty good fish cleaner. He uses the skins in the whole nine yards, but he does not like cleaning bullheads. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> difficult for sure. So... And then they had the heaviest stringer of panfish, and, and uh, they ran 6.89 pounds, a guy from Jackson, Minnesota, at 6.62 pounds per second and 5.26 pounds. And that's a a stringer of five fish. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. What were they? And, what were they catching mostly? Bluegills or crappies? Uh, crappies are crappies will win that any time. Yeah. They, they just will. You can get a really nice nine inch uh, bluegill, and a twelve inch crappie is going to beat it any just about any time. Yeah. Yeah. So what were, do you know what these guys were using to catch these fish? No, I really don't. I'm not gotcha. sure about that. Oh, yeah. And the he- heaviest stringer of walleyes, uh, it would be three fish, 4.9 pounds, 4.89 pounds. That's close. Yeah. And 4.8 pounds. Um, and, of course, you've got fish under 17 inches, so you're not going to have a big weight. Right, right. You so know? just just to clarify for people who may not understand what this slot is, it goes up to, you can keep any fish from up to 17 inches. And then from 17 to 22, if you catch it in that slot, you have to throw it back. That's right. Okay. That's right. And then and look, is there a and minimum? Then anything over, And then no minimum it used to be 14 inches. Gotcha. And what, what we saw at that time, and then talking to the fisheries biologists, the fish were kind of log jammed. We had a tough time getting a 14 incher. And because we were picking off the 14 inches as soon as they hit that. Well, now we, we've made that recruitment so you can take any of the smaller fish you want. And so there are 13 inches kept and stuff like that, which is fine because that then allows other fish to recruit into that slot of 17 to 22. Now, lots of times in that 22 inch range and a little under and a little over the males end up there. Males don't grow as big as the females. And so we end up with a lot of males that they have a really happy life because they don't have to worry about being kept. But, uh, Some will get out and maybe get 25, 26 inches, but mostly they're high end of the slot fish. Yeah. But what that slot has done is really helped build a solid fishery, on, especially on Big Spirit. That's probably number one. And then west and east Okoboji, um, really great fisheries. Yeah. Yeah. And from, I've never fished those lakes myself, but everybody I, uh, everybody I go to, or I, I talk with about fishing says that, you know, if you're, if you're there to catch a specific fish, then yeah, you're going to have your days where you're, you're, you go out and you may not do well just because some days fish don't bite but if you're willing to change it up and go for a pan fish or you know go try to chase some bass or or switch it up you should have a a really good chance just catching fish yes you will and that's what a lot of these guides and i'm 
friends with a lot of the guys, and that's what they do. They have clients that want to catch walleyes. Some days they just slaughter the walleyes. They have their three apiece, and, and they're done. And then they go chase panfish, or they go chase largemouth bass or smallmouth bass or northern pike or something like that. Uh, we have an invasive fish in the region. Um, they got in. I think so, somebody threw them in. Bucket of fish threw in yellow bass. Okay. And uh, what that does, every time we do something like that, we're taking another piece of the pie. You know, you got a whole pie with all this this uh, environment and all this structure. There's only so much room. Something's going to get pushed out one way or another. Right. We're, right. we're lucky that West Okoboji has such an incredible uh, habitat, such incredible water, such incredible weed lines and all that stuff. So we haven't seen a change. And the bigger yellow bass are coming off of West Okoboji. Gotcha. And they're running 12 inches, 13 inches. I mean, they're big yellow bass. Yeah. But again, they're an invasive species. Exotic, so, I guess, whatever you want to call them. So you keep all of them. Or are you a lot, like, if someone catches them, it's your responsibility to keep them in the boat and yep. get rid of them. Like, yep. you don't you don't throw them back. You, you, you don't. All those people do. but yeah. And there's no limit. Gotcha. Uh, there are people who will come there and they'll catch hundreds. Yeah. I, I think about flaying them. Holy cow. Yeah, you know because they they have an iron skin. Boy, they're tough skinned, and uh, they're tough on a knife. They yeah. really are. Yeah, yeah. But they're okay. They're okay eating. It's just too bad we got them in the lake. Yeah, yeah. So outside of the fishing for walleye weekend, what kind of activities go around like in 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 town or throughout the community? Well, there are pancake feeds in the morning. There are pancake feeds on Friday night. Um, there was at Great Lakes Marine, they had a really nice um, tutorial on um, how, to, how to use your hummingbird locator. Uh, John Thielen was down uh, from, from Lindy, and uh, he gave a nice presentation on early uh, season walleyes. Um, Boji Junction, uh, over by uh, Perkins on Highway 7186, uh, Oak Hill. Uh, they had uh, open house for boats. They had a professional angler from uh, Mandan area in, in North Dakota come down. Uh, there were some prizes for young people under 14 years of age. Um, so, so that was going on. Uh, there was... Um, all the bait shops had a little bit of something going on. Uh, Fisherman's Factory Outlet, that's kind of a subsidiary of uh, Pure Fishing, Berkeley. They, they had several things going on at their store. Um, it, it's just kind of a buzz of activity. And for the women, you ready for this, Dan? All right. Spare Lake Silver and Gold brought in all kinds of sand and $100,000 in gems and diamonds and put them in that sand and the gals came in and did their diamond dig is that a is is that an annual thing where they do it every That's year an annual thing. they have been doing that forever oh wow so yeah. some lady yeah. some lucky lady could be digging in in the sand and find a diamond 
That's Jesus. right. I think there were 13 or 14 diamonds. Wow. Uh, and all other kinds of gems. And, and of course, then their way of, of making money on that, they I mean, they, they get them free, but then they'll do the setting for them, and that's how they make their money gotcha. on the settings. So there, there were just lots of things, and, and they cater to people coming in. You know, uh, Iowa Great Lakes is very good at that because it is a, a tourism destination from uh, all over the United States, and yeah. they're very, very good at merchandising uh, Northwest Iowa and uh, the Iowa Great Lakes. Right, right. So like me and my family not just hunting and fishing but we're a we're a fan of going out and hiking um my kids are now getting to the age to where i can go camping and whatnot uh are there good campgrounds and hiking trails in the area as well yes great bike trails great bike trails okay Uh, yes and and that's awesome you see and they have uh a little rag bright type bike things they have a triathlon uh that's held where, where you do the, the the swimming and the biking and the running um and there are trails that go all the way around the lakes um and there's there's hiking there are state parks um county conservation has lots of great public land they they have uh, a, a beautiful butterfly thing you know monarch butterflies are kind of uh, struggling a little bit they have their own monarch butterfly uh, pollinator section um, there are some great golf courses uh, Brooks Golf Course has a 27 hole golf course and uh, man it's beautiful Emerald Hills uh, Boju View um, Indian Hills. So there's lots of golf courses. There's one down in uh, uh, Milford. Um, they also uh, have good campgrounds. Yeah. Emerson Bay Campground is on the southwest side of um, West Okaboji, and that's a beautiful campground. Yeah. And there is a, a fish cleaning station there. Then there is Gold Point State Park. Um, that's further to the north. That's a really nice area. Big Spirit had a great one, Marble Beach, but it's been under construction. It was supposed to be for all of last year. So a double boat ramp was taken out, fish cleaning station taken out, and all the campground area for an entire year. And now, because of the weather we've had last fall and really the spring, they're talking August. Yeah. And so that's really hurt big spirit yeah um so but but there are really some some nice areas like that and uh uh it's it's a great place for the whole family to come lots of resorts and you can go from mom pop resorts to the highest sophisticated resorts you want to um just lots of activity there's there's uh scuba diving uh there's parasailing. I mean, you can rent and do that kind of stuff. One of the big concerns this spring was our water still is very high and we've been getting rains, but we haven't gotten the eight or 10 inch or thank goodness, but we're pushing that high water mark where it's going to be a no wake zone. I think we're maybe five or six inches below that. 
before that were to take place. Yeah. And we just keep hoping, you know, come on water, <laughs> level out, go down a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are a sick of the rain and B want this water to drop. I know my father-in-law's well, my father-in-law's one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, and, and one thing that we have on August 10th this year, this will be the fourth annual, uh, Okaboji Blue Water Festival, and it's held at Preservation Plaza, which is on the shores of Big uh, West Lake Okaboji, right by Arnold's Park Amusement Park, and it's a day celebrating clean water, and there will be 40 vendors there, clean water experts. It could be Pheasants Forever, uh, Dickinson County, um, nature center, um, the protective associations, um, engineers that work on shoreline protection, 40 different vendors will be there. They'll have white tents and it's just like a County fair. Yeah. And there'll be maybe a dozen family related kids activities from looking at under a microscope at aquatic life, going through the water to, playing different games, interactive games, all about uh, clean water. We have Dan Spangler, who is a, um, he's with Pure Fishing, and he does the hard bait uh, division. And so he comes up with all these good crankbaits and stuff like that. And he's going to um, give a seminar and then take people down on the dock and show them how to use the baits. We have, get, do you remember the National Geographic uh, Jacques Cousteau? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah? His granddaughter, Cassandra, is following in his footsteps, and she is going to be our main speaker that day. Awesome. That is really awesome. And then we have uh, uh, Henry David Thoreau, uh, Emerson, play about nature. It's called Nature. And it's a moving, walking play. And they're wow. going to walk through, through this place at 1 o'clock, and they're going to put on the play, Nature. Huh. That's Isn't a, that cool? Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. When I, it I t- really is. And I tell you what. Uh, well, one, one, one last thing. i tell you one last thing. Uh, Bruce Hornsby and the Noisemakers are going to be there uh, Saturday night. So you got everything, uh, education uh, and entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free. Wow. There you go. That was a thing. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's for everybody. We had thousands of people there last year. That's awesome. It was, it was, cool. it was cool. Yeah. Well, we better get back to fishing. Hadn't we? Well, I, I was just going to say that the more the, you know, as time goes on, I think we're all going to start hearing more and more and more. We all know there is an importance to cre- to clean water, but I think there's going to be a big push, not just on the local level here in Iowa, but on the global level as well, about the importance of clean water. I, I watched a documentary on Netflix, uh, man, a handful of a handful of months ago, and they're you know dropping all this facts about water and clarity or the cleanliness of it and the, how it gets polluted and whatnot, and there's actually a lack of it in the world fresh drinking water so uh i i I feel like there's going to be a lot more information coming out and um a lot more attention being paid to 
you know, clean water, especially here in Iowa. Well, I think so. And, and we have to remember, too, that water runs downhill. Yeah. W- water always leaves. And when we're doing all this stuff and getting our water away from here, where does it go? Yeah. Yep. From Minnesota to Iowa to um, Missouri, all the way down until it hits the Gulf of Mexico. Yep. So with all this water that is pushed down or piled down or whatever you want to call it, all this runoff is bringing with it all the nitrates and all of that stuff and all the phosphorus. And that's why there is a dead zone down there where there is no life at all in that part of the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. You know, and, and... it's such a fine line. I don't want to sound like somebody who, who says we, we can't we can't put anything on the soil. We because we do produce, we do have rich land, but how how can we do it in such a way that we can sustain the productivity on the land, right? Without harming others. There's a, a guy I know on right on the edge of Big Spirit that has 160 acres and. It ends up, when it runs off, it runs off into Reed's Run, right into the lake. Yeah. And, I mean, it's phosphate nitrate. But this guy put in a, a buffer, an edge of fields practice of prairie grass and some, some forbs, some things for butterflies and stuff like that. And it's not a whole lot. It's maybe 100 yards wide, 150 at the most. And there's a little pond there in a low spot. And he has two retention areas where you can check to see what's coming in and what's going out at the end. Yeah. Coming in off that field, and it, it can either be corn or beans, it's loaded. I mean, it blows the chart with nitrates and phosphorus and all that kind of stuff. And sediment, soil, it blows the top off. Yeah. Now, at the end, when it gets all the way through that field and it dumps into, reeds run into the lake, guess what? Zero. Yep. Zero nitrates, zero phosphates, zero. Yeah. Because that prairie grass seeding is the sponge. Yep. And it's deep, deep roots take care of those things. That's yes. so what holds that. And I mean, those are things that we can do. And I know Minnesota's doing things. And I think there are some mandates up there that need to be done. You know, and we need to look at it um, in towns. I mean, if you watch a rain and you watch the rain go down the street into the storm sewer and directly into the lake. You've got everything that comes off the dirt and grime of cars and, and vehicles and, and uh, sand and stuff like that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I and agree. Uh, so we just need to, and, and we're becoming more aware of it. Uh, we just have such a long ways to go. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. All right, now we can get back to fishing because okay. uh, you mentioned that you had some other uh, pretty interesting information for us in regards to the uh, Department of Natural Resources doing some uh, some seining across the, or some gill netting across Iowa. Gill netting, yeah. And, you know, there's not a lot of natural reproduction by walleyes in, in Iowa. Uh, it's pretty much the population relies on stocking. And we're, we're very fortunate that we have some really good hatcheries. And um, the fish spawning was unbelievable this year. Uh, ice went out here on April 8th, and they started test netting uh, East Okoboji that first night. And they, they got a couple hundred here, and another night they got a couple hundred but their goal was to collect 1,668 quarts of walleye eggs, and that produces 148 million fry. They collected 2,045 quarts, 22% more than the goal. And walleyes were caught at Clear Lake, East Okaboji, Rathbun, Big Spirit, and Storm Lake. Okay. A total of 5,825 walleyes were collected. 61% of them were females. And their combined effort will make 272 million eggs. Yeah. But Big Spirit, crazy. In two nights, the 13th and 14th of, of April, they caught 1,200 walleyes. Wow. In two, in two nights. So they're there. They caught 12. Yeah. They caught 1,200 on East Okoboji, but it took four nights. That's awesome. It was just crazy, yeah. And Storm Lake had 473 quarts, and uh, it's the fourth number, highest number they've collected from Storm Lake since 1988. So that's that's pretty incredible stuff. So the stocking, the stocking is is, is a role, but it sounds like there is some natural uh, regeneration going on as well. I think there is, yeah, yeah, and it's not enough to sustain. You know, but but they will, uh, they'll release 148 million walleye fry, and that'll go to to rivers and lakes and 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 stuff across Iowa that that can handle walleyes, and the majority are stocked as fry, and then some about 1.2 million two-inch walleyes will be stocked into lakes, rivers, and streams this summer. And then larger six to nine inch fingerlings, about 340,000, will be stocked in lakes later this fall. Now that costs more. It takes more to get them to that stage. Yeah. But then they aren't uh, bait fish either. Yeah. You know, six to nine inches are going to have a better chance. So they're, they're, they're kind of an adult stocking, I guess you would call them. Right. Um, but the, to me, they, they have done a great job. One thing I, I talk with Mike Hawkins, he's a fisheries biologist all the time, and we, we talk a lot. And you, you can't stockpile fish. You know, you can get a, a lake has an optimum. Yeah. And if you get above that, something's going to happen. Something. Nature will take care of it so that everything fits in that pie. Right in that circle. And uh, so you can do the broodstock, you can have the 
uh, slots and all that kind of stuff, but you still can't stockpile so that you double the number of walleyes we have now. Won't work. Yeah. Too many, too many mouths in the lake. It, it just would not work. Yeah. <laughs> the environment has to be able to sustain the numbers. That's exactly right. Yes. Right. That's exactly right. So it sounds like overall, like the numbers from this gill netting survey turned out really well. The egg collection process turned out really well. And as far as the, uh, the walleye, I guess the, the redistribution of walleye uh, throughout the state is going to be uh, very well this upcoming year. Yeah, it, it will. It will. And, you know, I, I, I've talked over the, over the years up here, we talk about the perch fishery on big spirit and, and uh, you know, perch will last about seven years. That's about the length of their lifestyle. And people, when, when they see um, anglers bringing off limits of these nine, 10, 11, 12 inch perch, they go, Oh my gosh, they're, they're destroying. Uh, we aren't going to have any perch. Well, those perch, by the time they're 10, 11, 12 inches, they're about done. Yeah. That's going to be, be about it. So if you don't take them, harvest them, what's going to happen to them? They're just going to die. Yeah. So, so that's why you can't stockpile perch. But at the same time, you aren't going to probably get back to back to back to back good years of perch fishing. Right. Sim- simply because you can't. Yeah. And um, lots of times the perch are predated. You know, they eat themselves and other fish eat them. And so depending on the habitat you have in the body of water will determine if they're able to get a recruitment and a good year class going. You get too many year classes going at the same time, and then that kind of stunts them or makes them a little bit smaller because there isn't enough of the food around to for, for them to get as big as they, they normally would. So you're not going to get many times back-to-back-to-back year classes. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, what else you got on the, uh, the agenda for this spring? Well, I think uh, this is as good a time between now and the middle of June. If you want to catch, to me, I love catching bluegills. Okay. And I like catching crappies. And I like catching walleye. And I like catching that. But I love those bluegills. My gosh, if they if bluegills got to be three pounds, I don't know if we could get them in <laughs> because they fight so hard, and they're as good at eating fish as you're going to find. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and up here on East Okaboji, Minnewashta, West Okaboji, Big Spirit, we have a and Center Lake. We haven't even talked about Center Lake. That's just a little lake off by itself, right in the heart of the Iowa Great Lakes. <clears throat> Great bluegill and crappie uh, fisheries. And between now and the middle of June, it's, it's pan fish time. <clears throat> they're in the shallows. They're, they're getting ready to spawn. They're accessible. <clears throat> I, I just, you got to get a kid out. Yeah. You just have to get kids out to fish this. Yeah. And I'm talking adult kids too. Yeah. First timers. Because it's the, yeah. Because if, if you catch eight to nine inch bluegills, Wow, they're a beautiful fish. They're a great battle. They make good food. It 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 just doesn't get better. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can do it, do it most of the time. You can do it from shore. Yeah. So it's easy for everyone. Yes, that's right. Good deal. That's right. And and a, a piece of night crawler, but really my favorite at one time was garden worms. Yeah. You know, the kind, kind you dig in your garden. But but they're kind of wimpy, these little garden worms, and they have <laughs> uh, <laughs> these uh, worms now. They're called Belgian worms, leaf worms, uh, different kinds, trout worms, whatever. But they really wiggle. And they're really tough. And if you just hook them through the head on the end and let it dangle, that thing will just go crazy. Yeah. And you catch that out there and let that drop down. And you're going to catch bass uh, for sure when you're doing that because bass love worms too. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> well, Steve, man, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh and chatting with us today, as always. So uh, thank you very much. You bet. And let's hope we have a, a good, consistent weather spring into summer now. Amen. Amen. All right. And that brings us to the end of another Iowa Sportsman podcast. I want to say thank you again to our partners at Bondurant Custom Furniture. Please go uh, check out their website, BondurantCustomFurniture.com. Thank you very much to Steve Wiseman for hopping on the podcast again and uh, chatting with us about the Walleye Weekend. If you guys haven't already, please go to Facebook and follow the Iowa Sportsman Magazine uh, social media page, uh, the Facebook page. Uh, Lots of information come through there. And you need to consistently be visiting the Iowa Sportsman website, right? iowasportsman.com because there's a ton of content. Uh, That's where you can find this podcast. Uh, You can also find this podcast by downloading it uh, on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, You can read articles on the Iowa Sportsman uh, website. And you can also subscribe to the magazine, which has even more great content about, uh, you know, things that are going on in Iowa. General topics like Midwestern whitetail hunting, fishing, duck hunting, uh, even mushroom hunting, which, by the way, uh, we did a mushroom hunting podcast, and right now in Iowa seems to be the, the ramp up, or um, if not already prime time, uh, to find some mushrooms. I went out and I found, found a handful of morels uh, yesterday, and I found a, a couple pheasant backs, and uh, I started experimenting with these new pheasant back mushrooms, and uh, you know what? I liked what I did with them, and uh, I will talk a little bit about, you know, more about that. But tons of great uh, content on the website and in the magazine, so please go check out the rest of what the Iowa Sportsman has to offer. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and we will definitely talk to you next time.